This is the third in a four-part series of podcasts about SafeScript New South Wales, the state's real-time prescription monitoring system. I'm Andrew Hargreaves, the Program Manager for the Real-Time Prescription Monitoring Program at New South Wales Health. Today we're going to hear from Dr Hester Wilson, a GP and addiction specialist, and Dr Chris Hayes, a pain specialist, about their personal experience in using SafeScript New South Wales in their clinical practice. We'll also discuss a case study and how SafeScript can be used as part of a GP's clinical practice. Hester, firstly, how do you use SafeScript New South Wales as a GP and addiction medicine specialist and what's been your general experience of using SafeScript New South Wales? I use SafeScript very, very commonly uh, and I use it in two settings. One's through the portal where I have to actually log on to it and I tend to do that at the beginning of a clinic. The other is integrated into my clinical software and so it, it pops up, which is just amazing. makes it so much easier. Um, and um, my general experience using SafeScript has been incredibly positive. I know that we can all feel a little bit anxious about, oh, gosh, am I going to find information that I didn't know? Is this going to be a difficult conversation? But honestly, most commonly than not, it, it, what my patient is telling me they're taking is, is what I see on SafeScript. And if I don't, it can start a really honest conversation about risk and harm and ensuring that patients have better outcomes and I have to say, I have never had a conversation that has not in the long run turned out to be a good outcome uh, because it's the way that you present it is really important. You know, it's not about the person being a bad person or doing the wrong thing. It's actually we have real information here that can help us to understand what's going on for you and how we can best assist you. So I've had nothing but positive experiences. And I certainly my, my colleagues, my GP and addiction colleagues using the system have said exactly the same thing. Chris. Could you share how SafeScript New South Wales has supported your clinical decision-making and helped you care for your patients? Let me very briefly outline a patient I saw yesterday who's a 25-year-old male with pain associated with juvenile inflammatory arthritis and a very complex mental health history. I found out from accessing SafeScript New South Wales that the GP was prescribing a weekly supply of Targan, 20 slash 10 milligrams twice a day, some Endone, 5 milligrams twice a day, and Pregabalin, 300 milligrams twice a day. I also found out, which I hadn't initially realised from the patient history, that there was a psychiatrist involved in the patient's care prescribing lorazepam, 2.5 milligrams three times a day, which is roughly equivalent to 60 milligrams of diazepam. So it raised the issue of co-prescribing and the dangers inherent in that. Also following up with the patient, we realised that there was some self-prescribing essentially of some illicit cannabis in the mix also. And so in this situation, SafeScript New South Wales was very helpful in making transparent the issues in this patient's care and it led to coordinated discussions between the GP, our pain service, the psychiatrist involved, and also the drug and alcohol service. So from my perspective, SafeScript New South Wales brings very valuable 
transparency into situations that can otherwise be a little murky in terms of the number of uh, prescribes involved and the number of monitored medicines dispensed. So yes, very, very helpful in transparency and subsequent coordination of care. And Hester, I know that it's not always simple and straightforward. What have been some of your challenges when using SafeScript New South Wales? So SafeScript is only as good as the information that is put in, and there are some limitations to that. It's state-based. So if patients that I'm seeing are obtaining prescriptions in other states with interstate addresses, I can't see them on SafeScript New South Wales. I can see um, prescriptions that my patients have, have obtained with a New South Wales address, um, even if they get them filled out of the state, which is quite handy. Um, the other thing is that because of limitations around technology and the computer programs, if you have a patient who is prescribed buprenorphine or methadone under an opioid treatment program in the public system in New South Wales, unless that is dispensed from a community pharmacy through their software, you, you don't see that. And, and for me, that is a concern because that that those are high-risk medications and, you know, it, it would be good to know about those. I know there is some work going on in this space and I know that um, New South Wales Safe Script and New South Wales Government are very aware of this issue, but it is important to be aware that if you have someone who is obtaining those high-risk medications as part of their treatment for opioid dependence, you may not be able to see that. Um, the other thing is that sometimes there have been some mistakes. So one of my patients who I'd been seeing because they had an issue with benzodiazepines, when we looked on SafeScript, I saw that they'd been given 50 Valium um, from a pharmacy. And they said to me, no, that was from the dentist. They only gave me two. But what had been put in SafeScript was 50. I rang the pharmacy and they weren't able to speak to me. And I also rang the den dentist who said, oh, no, I only gave that person two tablets. So I was very reassured by that. However, um, you know, I did ask the pharmacy to actually have a look through the records and change that because I don't want that, that erroneous information to be held there for my patient. The other thing is um, that sometimes the date of birth, uh, that a person that I knew probably was going to be on SafeScript and have alerts, I couldn't find them because their date of birth had been wrongly entered. So, you know, the data entry for us putting this information in for pharmacies particularly um, is really, really important because it's only as good as the information that you've got there. Thank you both for sharing your experiences when using SafeScript New South Wales. Now I have a case study scenario that I'd like to read and I'm keen to get your thoughts on how you'd approach this situation. Murray's a new patient who's recently moved into your area. He comes in requesting OxyContin 60 milligram tablets twice a day. You check SafeScript New South Wales and you also see that Murray's been prescribed regularly a fentanyl 25 microgram patch, some diazepam tablets five milligrams three times a day, some oxazepam 30 milligram tablets four times a day, as well as some pregabalin 150 milligram capsules twice a day. He's also got two red alerts in SafeScript New South Wales, one for the concurrent prescribing of high-risk medicines for the fentanyl and benzodiazepine combination, and one for receiving prescriptions from more than four prescribers in the last 90 days. Hester, as a GP and addiction medicine specialist, how would you approach this situation? So Murray, a new patient, comes in and requests OxyContin 60 milligrams twice a day already. I'm thinking, 
I don't know you, I don't know your situation, and this is a high dose. It's 120 milligrams of oxycodone a day. That is a high dose. And then I check SafeScript, and what I would do is I would say to Murray, look, I do need to check SafeScript and I have my blurb ready, that, which basically says, you know, for any person that's on a high-risk medication, I would always check SafeScript. So I'm just going to look this up to see what's happening with your medication history. Um, then I find he's on fentanyl, two benzodiazepines. Honestly, I can't think of any good reason why people would be on two different benzodiazepines plus pregabalin. So quite clearly high risk. He's a new patient. I don't have a therapeutic alliance with him. I am really concerned about his risk. And so I would be having a very open and honest conversation about the risk. You know, he's also um, been getting them from different prescribers. So there's nobody that is actually overseeing and and has an overall view of his medications and, and his health conditions and his risk. And so I would be having that honest conversation around this is the risk. You know, people that are on these doses of these different sedating medications like yourself are at really high risk of coming to harm, of overdosing and dying. We really need to do this differently. So that would be how I would start that conversation. And it's possible Murray as a new patient might be open to working with me or it might be that he says, thank you very much, doctor, and and goes elsewhere. Um, The other thing is that quite often this will happen late on a Friday afternoon and that can be tricky because it's it's the end of the day. It's, It's difficult to get cooperative information from the other prescribers. There may well be a very good reason why he's prescribed some such high doses, but in, in my situation, I would be looking to minimise the harm um, from these prescriptions. And Chris, as a pain specialist, what are your thoughts or what advice would you give to a GP if Murray presented to their rooms? This is really a classic case where the transparency of SafeScript New South Wales highlights a very considerable risk of harm. So I think it is very valuable that we do have systems in place that can point to vulnerable patients who are essentially at risk of death. I think beyond that, that the communication strategy becomes very important here and the fact that we would have within SafeScript New South Wales the contact details of four prescribers is very helpful. In an ideal sense, a case discussion with all practitioners in the room at the one time can be helpful. In real terms, that's difficult to organise synchronously. So I think a serial case discussion, essentially with each of the practitioners in turn, is the realistic way to go here. I think that in whatever way therapeutic boundaries are a lead aspect of the care that needs to be offered here. And Murray needs to have highlighted with him the risks associated with what's happening at the moment and in whatever version is agreed upon in the health practitioner discussions, boundaries need to be put in place that reduces risk of harm. And lastly, the issue I just wanted to highlight was it is good in these situations to think a little deeper than the immediate risk of harm into the underlying issues that might have motivated this situation. Likely in a case like this, there are deeper underlying issues at a psychological uh, 
psychiatric social level that need to be explored. So we very much need in this situation someone, which is generally the GP in the first instance, to ask the patient, Murray, what else is happening in your life and what have been the issues in the lead up to this difficult situation. So it is an opportunity not just to practice safety around medicines, it's an opportunity to dive deeper into the genesis of the overall situation. Thanks, Chris and Hester, for those thoughts. Taking these considerations into account, if you make a decision to prescribe the medicine, what strategies do you think you would use to help minimise the risks of harm to the patient? So, first of all, you can refuse to prescribe. You know, if your sense is this is really high risk, I don't know this person, there are other prescribers in the local area that they can go to, they picked up a script of OxyContin yesterday, uh, you know, if, if it's quite clear that, that you know, that there's, there isn't a reason to prescribe, then you can refuse to prescribe and explain why. It might be that there is a very good reason that Murray lives out of town and has come into town because it is, you know, something has happened, his mum's died and his last OxyContin script was a month ago. Um, and that his other prescriptions, you know, he, the, the, the intervals make sense in terms of that history. So it, it is in the realms of possibility that you may prescribe. But once again, you'd be looking for how can I mitigate harm? And I might consider things like daily supervised or staged supply from pharmacy, particularly if it's a Friday afternoon and I want to get some more information. And I'm really wanting to have that conversation with Maria around holding him and keeping him safe over the weekend. I don't want to send him, if he is someone that is opioid dependent or has an opioid addiction, I don't want to send him into withdrawal over the weekend. But I do want to ensure that I don't cause harm. So it might be supervised or stage supply, daily pickup from pharmacy, you know, two days worth of medication and then a review with me on Monday, um, which will give me some more time to actually look at uh, how else I can assist him. The other thing would be offering naloxone, the intranasal um, variety, which is a, has a brand name Nixoid. Um, that is really, uh, it, it, it is like the EpiPen of overdose, allows people um, to um, to prevent overdose and overdose death. And once again, that's a really good way of reiterating the, the sense of risk that I have and of harm and of engaging with the patient. Thanks, Hester. Chris, is there anything else you'd like to add? I would like to highlight, Andrew, the harms that can come from the so-called rapid enforced detoxification. This has been much debated, particularly in the United States, context where doctors can be frightened by a situation where there is a degree of danger and stop all prescriptions immediately. That situation is unhelpful for the patient and has its own inherent dangers. Patients go into withdrawal states and there has been an increased risk of suicide also in those situations. So I think it's important to find a safe balance in this situation. I think in seeking that balance point, my comment is that it's often helpful, I think, for the GP who's in the hot seat to take the conversation out of the room with the patient. It's not necessary to make an immediate decision 
on this and taking time to ring, I think, either an addiction medicine specialist or a pain medicine specialist can be helpful in deciding on strategy. So it would be reasonable, I think, for the patient to wait in the waiting room for a few moments whilst there's a conversation that's, that goes ahead. I very much value from my pain medicine specialist perspective phone calls from GPs in situations like this and we discuss carefully what is reasonable for the GP to prescribe or not prescribe and then taking the conversation out of the, the room so to speak in which the patient is I think it is possible to come to a more balanced decision and a safer overall decision for the patient and I think it is very valuable if pain services can make themselves available to support GPs in these difficult coalface situations and I think also for addiction medicine specialists to do the same. Thanks again for sharing your thoughts with us Hester and Chris. That brings us to the end of the the third episode. Thanks very much for listening. For more information about SafeScript New South Wales, you can visit the SafeScript New South Wales website at www.safescript.health.msw.gov.au or you can look for it on Google. It'll be the first hit that you get when you search for SafeScript New South Wales.